0: Welcome to the Nonprofit Exchange Podcast, stories by leaders for leaders to help you raise the bar on your own excellence to release the potential inside of you. Now, here's today's podcast. Welcome to the Nonprofit Exchange. It's another Tuesday with Hugh and Dennis, and we, as you expect, we have a guest that's got profound information for you, a great vision, and he's a very modest man, but he's got a really big heart and a big vision. So Russell David Dennis from Denver, around Denver, you're not actually in Denver, you're out there in those big old Rocky Mountains. How are you, sir?
1: Hey, out in the birds here in Aurora, a stone's throw from Denver, Colorado. Good to see you all, and today our guest is a man that has come up with a way to help us engage with one another better. And uh, Pradeep Kandanala, welcome, and thank you for for joining us. He's the founder of Sahabi. Uh, Pradeep, tell us a little bit about yourself.
2: Thank you, Dennis, and uh, thank you, Hugh. That was a great introduction there. Uh, It's been a year that I met you, I'm learning every time I met. So met him, and uh, thank you, Dennis. So uh, I'm electronics engineer uh, with a background of uh, very passionate about technology. So as part of my uh, project in bachelor's degree itself, I did a portable electrocardiogram device with a PC. So Uh, And then I did master's in business administration, uh, specialized in operations management uh, from Oklahoma, University of Central Oklahoma, uh, mainly focusing on decision sciences, how uh, applications can be developed for uh, usage of people and uh, businesses around us. So that was my focus and uh, for the last 25 years, I was uh, working in IT industry, implementing enterprise resource planning uh, operation systems for public sector, private sector, non-profit sector, uh, uh, multi-million dollar uh, projects, managing uh, uh, different levels of uh, teams from technology to operations level. So that is my background
1: and, you know, what, uh, what people don't know about is that you have a real love for social change. and you've managed to marry uh, your passion for technology with a passion for social change to make a, a big difference, and you created something that is called Sahabi. It's a place for people to come together and connect and make a difference. Tell me a little bit about Sahavi, what it is, and and, uh, uh, why you started it.
2: Sahavi, meaning of it is Saha, it means in Sanskrit, community coming together for service as we, English word we. So I mixed these two words and created a new uh, word for Sahavi because uh, it's a uh, I, I have a dream ever since I watched Schindler's List in 93, uh, first time. And when I saw Oscar Schindler, how he saved lives uh, during World War II by doing business. I mean, I, in my view, he is the first social entrepreneur yeah. with a for profit business making an impact in community during that crisis. So that's how I viewed that movie and uh, it made a significant impact on me. And uh, it, ever since that day, it was my intention to use my skills, technical skills as well as my operational skills to build something for the benefit of community. So out of that desire and passion, that i have been working with nonprofits at ground level who serve uh, communities and they suffer a lot with uh, technology there is no one common platform for them uh, they're they're not well connected with the community uh, communities that they serve and uh, so i've noticed that and i try to provide solutions in different many ways uh, in my volunteering space for them, uh, but I couldn't get them what I uh, what I think as a with an operational head, it's not effective. So okay. that's how I started Sahavi so as a social enterprise, uh, actively developing a benefit corporation. So it's a for-profit uh, benefit corporation. What I I'm creating uh, what I'm developing Sahavi as. It's been two years now. Uh, We officially started in January uh, uh, 2017. January 27th, 2017. So that was the journey since then. So it's been two years uh, in creating this social enterprise.
1: And, you know, you said something that's really important. And I don't know how many of us that work in a nonprofit feel think about this, but this saves lives. The work that nonprofits do is life-saving in a lot of instances. And and that is no small thing. Uh, this platform that you've created with the space to connect hearts and minds, and we'll be telling you folks out there how to get connected with it because it's something that we've seen that's so marvelous. We want to get that out there to everybody so that you have a chance to use it. And and in particular, this platform uh, helps us to engage with with, uh, millennials and Gen Z uh, folks. And there are a lot of differences in the way that boomers like you and myself think about nonprofits and the way that millennials and Gen Z, younger people, Think about nonprofits and think about making a difference. What's your experience or your current experience, Pradeep, with with engaging with millennials and Gen How has how has that been?
2: Yeah, that's a nice question, Dennis. I mean, that's my focus with Sahavi is to get the service motor built in within our next generation to be part of charities. So as part of it, uh, Sahavi's mission is twofold. One is to mobilize the social movement to save lives and enable that social movement with a cloud-based global platform for communities to thrive. So, these are the two things coming together. So the movement is first and the enabling that movement with the support is very important with millennials and Gen Z's as uh, they, uh, if you think of like an empathy is a big thing that is required for charity, for mm-hmm. any kind of service that we need to do in charity, even in, even, right? So it before millennials, Empathy was built into, naturally built into the humans, uh, generation for previous generations because of uh, we have faced hunger. We know hunger. What is hunger is. We have seen different cycles in our lives. World War II, the Korean War, Vietnam War, name any war, right? We have seen Iran War, Iraq War, and we have seen different uh, cycles going experiencing our life, and we built that empathy naturally. So today, if you look into charity organizations, 99% or 90% of our charity organizations are run by uh, older than 40, 50 years, uh, right, Mm -hmm. men and women. Mm -hmm. So that natural empathy in them has created those charity organizations which support our communities at local level, at ground level, that governments cannot do through social services. We definitely need to thrive and survive these charity services, even for our future generations. That is very important. So we need to have the next generation leadership come on board, continue our legacy of services that people today are doing in the community that is key so we need to make an impact in millennials and gen z's provide them in their way to think about how to provide service and build an empathy in them that they still have empathy but their nature of empathy triggers at different times and different way than ours ours before millennials generation is more of like a natural empathy built in. There's no trigger required for that. But for millennials, they're more socially inclined. But empathy in them needs some kind of trigger every moment. And that is what this two-folded mission of Sahabi is intended to build, to create a movement with a system that enables it together.
1: Where is it that, that some of us in the older generation, as, as time has passed, where is it that we sort of lost our ability to connect, to, uh, to pass on that empathy? Uh, are, are there some language differences or some thought differences that have uh, sort of hindered our ability to pass that on or make
2: that connection? I, uh, I wouldn't put that way, Dennis. I mean, we did pass on that connection. They still have empathy, but the trigger points are different okay. because of their uh, thinking mindset. And for everything, uh, they look at real time and, and it, the impact has to be real time and transparent to them that what they are creating. uh, it it wasn't a need for us before Uh, if we just know somewhere in the world something happening we know naturally oh sorry man let's (laughs) do something even though we are not expecting a transparency in that process so uh, with millennials and Gen Z's we they do have this empathy but the Empathy requires the different kinds of triggers, mm-hmm. and also uh, transparency is very key for them. Okay. Wow. Uh, it's uh, it, it's just like a, a, without transparency, they don't feel the impact that they created, and they don't see and uh, next time to do the same service. Mm-hmm. Whereas for us, it was totally different. We just do the service, forget about transparency and accountability of the service what we have handed over to somebody else, right? So, okay.
1: So, so what are some of the ways that Sahabi helps us to do that?
2: Very good question. So Sahabi is. Uh, platform that, it, that we are building is a, uh, disruptive innovative technology. It's patent pending right now. a uh, couple of, uh, principles I would say there, I mean, so, uh, like we, my intention to create Sahavi is to provide cutting edge technology at low cost for nonprofit organizations, uh, to operate their uh, operate uh, for their operations and focus on their mission and uh, maximize their impact in the community with the donor base, right? So, and luckily, today's technology has provided that advantage because the new way to develop an enterprise application. Uh, is disruptive right now. Like, think about transportation services today, right? It has disrupted the way technology has enabled us. Uh, think of Uber or Leave Left, right? They they are connecting individual to individual at that level for low cost and very efficiently providing the services. So, Sahavi is a, a software as a service platform enabling uh, individuals, people come together to help each other in saving lives. With that disruptive technology and innovation we have built into. But just building a technology is not good good enough. Uh, With my experience and seven years of research and uh, working with millennials and Gen Zs to understand their uh, need to be part of some movement, right? So that is why our first part of the mission is creating a movement that enables their heart to do service and then give them a support for uh, strengthen their movement with a technology which brings transparency at same time, low cost for nonprofits to be able to operate on this cutting edge technology platform.
1: And yeah, it's not always easy to bring the mind and technology together like that. So, and you've been at this for a while. So what has kept you motivated to, to, to bring this movement together with technology over such a long period of time?
2: It's uh, 25 years, Dennis. Uh, uh, was, I mean, uh, Oscar Schindler has made a significant impact on me. Uh, the way he created a for-profit business, manufacturing goods with cheap labor, at that time during World War II, cheap labor was Jews in camps. So he created that selling to Germans. And doing that, he saved lives. And he learned that. And initially when he started the business, he didn't learn that. But when he went through the process, he learned that he's saving lives. While he was paying bribes to uh, army, German army, to get cheap labor on board, he was thinking on books like, oh, he's making profits. But he never counted how much bribe he's paying out. (laughs) So he lost all his fortune and he, uh, he at the end, I mean, in 45, uh, 1945, after World War II ended, he saved about 1,200 lives. And he says, I wish I would have made more money to save more lives. Mm-hmm. Lost all his fortune. He's a uh, rich person at that time. And uh, he, so that thing at the end, what he said, mm-hmm. I wish. I have, more, more, have more, I have made more money to save more lives, has created in my mindset like, okay, every impact has to be multiplied. It's not like every charity today is suffering with donations, one-time donations, right? It's just like if you think as an individual, charities are living paycheck to paycheck, on a monthly basis from donors. If they don't have a paycheck that month, their service is dying. Their sustainability is is in question mark. Mm -hmm. So we need to create a platform that enables nonprofits to fight against the social issues that are ever growing for us. Poverty, hunger, blood shortages, Name any social issues that is growing, and the charities are only doing like minuscule part of it today as part of service. And uh, so my goal is minimize that and make strengthen non-profits as part of this platform. So that is the reason we are creating it as a benefit corporation, which is. Uh, Give back while creating an impact in our platform, so which enables nonprofits to sustain even longer.
1: It is—it's uh, it's about sustainability, and uh, what we're talking about is social profit. And uh, you know, it can't always be measured in terms of, of dollars. It's measured in terms not of just not dollars. But uh, shifts in human lives, and, and I commend you for that. And uh, uh, nonprofit as a term really can be misunderstood. You know, I think people have the misconception that nonprofit means you don't make any money <laughs> or have any extra money. And a good friend of ours points out that that, that nonprofit is a tax status, not a business strategy, <laughs> and making a difference is what it's all about. And I think that the that nonprofits and philanthropy is there because there are just certain things that your ordinary profit-making enterprise and government just aren't set up to do. It's kind of that, that place uh, where everything is married together so that uh, you can actually go out and make a difference. But I find that our problems are so complex anymore that it takes uh, all hands on deck. And uh, social benefit organizations uh, are that, sort of that fourth thing that is, you know, the nonprofits would call the third sector for a while, but it's sort of that fourth piece that has, uh, has come in to fill the gaps. And, and in your journey, as you were putting it together, uh, tell us a little bit about how you came to the decision to create a benefit corporation, how, how you came to the conclusion that this was the right structure uh, to use in order to make this difference. Cool.
2: Excellent, Dennis. I mean, that's, see, uh, one of the major problems with nonprofits today uh, they face with local mm-hmm. regulations, rules and regulations. Every government, every country is different. Mm-hmm. Every state is different, right? So having a global nonprofit organization, even Red Cross is not a global mm-hmm. entity. Mm-hmm. If you look at uh, American Red Cross, is a separate entity from Indian Red Cross. Okay right so because they have to be defined in their jurisdictions and play according to the rules and regulations of that jurisdictions as a separate entities so that is the first challenge i was thinking about when i created sahavi like oh i can't be global and this should be global I, my uh, vision is to connect people to save lives so it doesn't matter. We, we are global community, global economy today, globally connected on on digital platform today, right? We know Facebook, Instagram, WhatsApp, right? Or any like Google, right? So it's all global
0: mm-hmm.
2: uh, platform today. Humans are connected well. So I was looking at like this Sahavi should also be a movement that globally in making an impact. And connecting. So with that intention, I created this as a for-profit, and then and I have to make stakeholders of Sahavi to be in aligned with our vision and mission. Of course, every for-profit organization have a for-profit model for stakeholders, right? But keeping the mission and vision. As they come on board is very important for me because I don't want them to be deviating from our vision and mission in in the eyes of for-profit making profits so people first and then profit follow with that that was my intention in creating benefit corporation I uh, I really uh, like B Labs, the way they created it. I've been studying this for the last three years and uh, lucky enough to uh, get a a partner like King's Council and Trust Foundation who knows how to set up a benefit corporation because I was looking for somebody to develop this benefit corporation, keeping this mode of people first and profit next in a platform because if I have that as part of a DNA itself, it's a success for me. So that was the intention of Benefit Corporation.
1: That's the power of the form and why I think that it's, it's, it's taken hold because social profit is about people as well as materials and money to solve problems. And Sahabi hobby is a platform. This is disruptive. I mean, I think of Airbnb, I think of Uber. And now we have Sahabi here in place to help make a difference and they help us connect with one another in ways that we weren't able to. And providing an opportunity for us to, to be more global in our approach to things. And that is just something,
0: you know. Uh, hey Russ, let's spell that and make sure people get to the right website. S a h uh, a v e, yes. dot org. Yeah, thank you. Because that's yeah. there's a lot of information on that website. I want to make sure that people understood the spelling. S a h a v e. dot org. Thank you.
1: Yeah, and it's a great place to go. So we want we want to help bring this to people, help people find this, enroll in it, use it, uh, because that's the best way to really get a feel for it. It's uh, it's just a wonderful platform, a wonderful place for people to come together. Um, so, prior to to your your building this platform, what is it that's missing for your typical nonprofit to attract millennials and and Gen Z uh, uh, workers or
2: supporters? So, Dennis. Uh... As you mentioned, uh, without money, there's no operations. So there's nothing operates, right? So we, I came up with, um, to address this, that is a big issue with millennials and Gen Z's. So they should see the money there. And uh, what you mentioned about charity organizations as a third sector today, they don't see that money. That was a primary factor for them, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, Getting attracted to other uh, for-profit organizations. So with what we have created on this platform is we created our own currency, Mm -hmm. which is, uh, we call it kindness currency. Mm -hmm. It's our trademark. Uh, So there's a way somebody kind... Can exchange kindness within them with some other person right next to them, mm-hmm. and can earn kindness to survive. It's it's all uh, goes back to karma, right? What you give is what you get back. So here, with kindness currency, it, you are measuring that your own social impact in the community. So the person, every individual, millennials and Gen Zs are looking for that feeling in them, that how do I measure my kindness that I have done and the impact that I created? So with that intention is what we have created, kindness currency, which gives them an opportunity to exchange kindness across anybody A neighbor helping neighbor, and and same neighbor doesn't have to help that neighbor back. Some other neighbor can help others. So it's a pass-on method. Uh, uh, So it, it allows to build that kind of social impact without using money, using your time that you're giving through kindness. So, uh, okay. for example, uh, in yoga, you don't calculate time. Life of a person is in terms of number of breaths. So, you could take in one second three breaths, right? And then you could take one breath. So, it's a person have number of Uh, breaths defined when they were born. Mm -hmm. So kindness should connect to that because that is what you're directly connecting with your time, life, time in your life with materialistic life, what we are doing today. So as a platform, Sahavi is getting you back into as a human within you doing service to each other. And that's been a big challenge for nonprofits
1: to try to measure that impact. And uh, social profit uh, is kind of a term that uh, the author David Grant came up with, and he wrote a book about that. Uh, But social profit, you know, and Hugh talks about what we call return on life. And I call it return on influence, return on impact to stay in the ROI frame, but so few. Uh, there are a lot of nonprofits that have difficulty kind of uh, framing that and, and showing that impact. And it looks like Sahabi uh, is a vehicle for actually helping us to measure impact beyond dollars and cents, which is the biggest challenge for nonprofits. Uh, am I on track? What do you What do you think of that?
2: Yo. Perfectly on track. I mean, that is, so humanity coming out of heart is very important for Sahabi because that is how you can create charity in community. So uh, that is the moment Sahabi is creating within every individual to have that kind of feeling at every moment, making it real time for them is very key for next generation. So our our
1: primary problem, I I, I would kind of surmise has been really communication. And uh, so so what would you say are are the most common barriers to communication between the generations?
2: Communication is a big thing. (laughs) Mm -hmm. That, as long as we existed as humans, we have this problem, right? Um, uh, Every generation thinks differently and uh, it's tough to put ourselves into their mindset uh, when we have defined our own lifestyle in certain way and never, uh, previous generations, previous to millennial generations majority of them, they don't uh, focus on changing themselves, looking at the future. Uh, I'm saying just majority of them, not everybody. I mean, there's still uh, population there in that generation looking at, oh, this is important to learn, right? So that transformation is always happening between industrial revolutions. From generation one to two, two to three, and three to four, and we have made significant changes in our communities, our societies, as a whole, from ground level to uh, government level. Right? We—it's uh, a continuous learning process. Uh, my feeling, uh, when it comes to communications, and uh, that reducing that gap will happen only when somebody can peek into others' hearts with their view.
1: So it's really a question of being a little bit more open to a different point of view. And uh, what, are, what are some ways that that we could do that today? Uh, you know, there are a lot of different nonprofit leaders that are listening to this, and some of them are a little bit older, than my age or Hugh's age. Uh, what are two or three things that you would tell a baby boomer that, that she or he could do that would help shift them in the direction of, uh, being more effective at communicating and con- connecting
2: with millennials and Gen Z? Oh, so I'll, uh, I'm in your shoes, Dennis, when I started this journey. Okay. Uh, okay. But I identified this problem, and uh, I started going to uh, interacting with them. What is their mindset looks like? Are they, oh, they are more gamers? We know that, But, uh, but at the same time, if you get involved with them and play a game, you will learn their behavior in that game whether uh, uh, it's, uh, how their characteristics are built through that game is important for them. Mm-hmm. And they are naturally connected to that artificial video game today. Whereas our generation, we just see it as an artificial thing. We never connect ourselves into that. But they do. Mm-hmm. And they even change their... Mindset based on that, they think every everything else outside is same. Okay. So, getting them to the natural instinct is difficult thing. But uh, if we can uh, tap into their mindset and understand why they are not doing it, what they are intended to, and if they intend to do something, uh, like for example, charity. Uh, donation, a dollar donation to homeless. We we did this project interesting project Uh, uh, I did uh, with um, millennials, a group of millennials in Chicago area so we picked a homeless woman uh, a charity organization and we. our goal was to raise $100 only from millennials and gen Z's Mm -hmm. on that day and uh, we went there, we went to uh, ask millennials like one or two dollars, not much. Even for that, what kind of experience will be ex- getting from them? What is that their mindset is? So they came forward and they gave us a lot of information about, oh, uh, I'll give you a dollar, but I don't know how you're going to use it. I don't trust you. I don't know... Uh, Oh yeah, I know you you are going to give this to homeless shelter, but i don't I don't know how they use this dollar. I need that transparency. How do I get it? So we learned that we failed in that project first day and we went back again next day thought about okay, how do we provide a transparency to these guys and we manually, without any platform. We did this, we approached them and we enrolled them on a Google form. And we collected $1 from each one of them, one or $2. And we provided complete transparency of every donation that has been uh, collected and then how we have utilized and uh, delivered to homeless shelter And also, we were able to, I mean, the shelter was able to kind enough to give us information about how they are using that to buy food for them. So we provided that every moment, information to them, information has flown to them. And at the end, after that project has been completed, we went back to ask for the feedback. And they're like, wow. I see my dollar, how it has been utilized now in this transparency. So the crowdfunding platforms, not a lot of millennials and Gen Zs are on that, those crowdfunding platforms today because transparency is lacking there. That is how we learned about them with this project, with this pilot, what we did. That's pretty good, yeah.
1: So are there ways that nonprofits can bridge the gap between their expectations and the expectations of the millennial and Gen Z supporters and prospects? Uh, building trust sounds like the, the crux of it, but what are there some other ways uh, that they can function to, to move closer to bridge that gap?
2: That's the uh, biggest thing, uh, another thing I'm thinking, uh, I think to we have to have the leadership transformation in charities, right? So we need them to come on board and do the service, continue the service, what we are doing in charities. So how do we do that is a big question mark still for me. I'm still learning about that, Dennis, because a couple of things I observed about them today is like they are more looking at for-profit, money-making organizations as their career growths, yeah, as part of their growth uh, they don't see that in nonprofits mm-hmm. today, uh, uh, because to utilize their skills, whatever I mean, marketing requires a different kind of uh, technical skills today. You, it's not same anymore as used to be. For example, right? It, it requires mix of technical skills and the different mindset to get run a successful marketing campaign today. Uh, Whereas traditionally marketing has been non-technical. So that just gives an example of what kind of skills we are looking at these individuals, right? So what is the growth in them? How their careers will build based on what they are doing is important for them. So, how do we address that as nonprofits? I don't know.
1: Uh, yeah, I, I think that uh, you know everybody's favorite radio station is WIIFM, what's in it for me, uh, which can be shifted to what's in it from me. And I think part of, of what Sahabi does is it creates a, a way to really engage people. Uh, to engage people, you got to give the people what they want. Uh, it, it's pretty much that simple, whether you uh, whatever type of business or organization, mm-hmm. give the people what they want, uh, and it's finding out how to do that. And, and the, I think one of the big differences today versus, uh, you know, my youth is that uh, the days of, of going down the career path and starting with a job and working for 40 years and then going off and into the sunset to retire are over. Uh, there's multiple career changes and people, uh, people want to expand. I- I'm saying people that want to expand, uh, be more, do more and do work that matters. And uh, you can't do that sitting in one place. But what type of experience can you deliver to those people, whether they're your donors, uh, whether they serve on your board, uh, they're your staff or employees for whatever period of time. And, and they're there to because what, what nonprofits need from people is time, talent, and treasure. Combinate, if somebody loves what you're doing enough to give you one, they'll probably give you the other two, if it's within their means. So it's having that conversation and making that connection. And maybe we've fallen down on that. Uh, 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 What do you see are the the biggest benefits for finding ways to bridge those gaps in in, in where we are now and where we could go? Uh,
2: Carrier paths is very critical and uh, As an individual myself with technology background and uh, I see artificial intelligence is going to play a bigger role in our community, not as technology. I'm talking about at community level, it's going to play a bigger role by 2030. It disrupts the way we live today we are living today is not going to be seen in 2030 Uh, so uh, we need an alternative for humans to connect to each other uh, uh, in that environment this is uh, this is just a theory, right? I mean, uh, when art, what kind of technology, artificial intelligence will disrupt in our community? We don't know. We just know what is coming and how it will make an impact, how we are living. We don't know. We can just speculate that today. It could be worse. It could be better. For example, unemployment will grow definitely. What will be the percentage of unemployment growth rate in 2030? We don't know because a lot of automation is happening. A lot of uh, low cost methods of implementing technology is coming out. Right. So which is going to disrupt the way so far we have been living with uh, within a community where we are making uh, wealthy uh, social profits or for-profit segment, right? I mean, we are living in that uh, at every moment today. How much is, what is in it for me in terms of money is a priority for today. And that nature, when it a community changes from that demand for money Uh, uh, goes down and uh, there's no more demand. I mean, our our essential uh, things to live is food, shelter, and clothes. Rest all is, right? So it comes down to those three things. And uh, when you can't make money, how will you live with those three things? We can't imagine today in in this environment, but can you put ourselves in 2030, what they'll be facing and how we'll train and educate our future generation to be ready for that? I don't see that happening today. We are preparing ourselves with technology and all that, making changes in our communities, but we are not putting them in a right path for the future. So that will be a big challenge. Uh, and uh, uh, especially with the mindset, what we are having, what is in it for me in terms of benefits of money only uh, has a significant impact on charities. And right? That's,
1: yeah, this, uh, this is what I love about this platform because <laughs> just looking around There are places where people have meetings in the mind. Uh, There's a magnificent blog area in here. It's a place for people to come together and have conversations and connect. And and this is the way to move forward. It's about collaboration, connection, getting out of the old thought paradigm of working in a silo and becoming a part of a community. And it is about community. And if we can find a way to make it global, that's the nature of our problems, the nature of hunger, the nature of homelessness uh the nature of disease, these things that are persistent uh is such that it takes all of us working together
2: to try to to make a big difference in, exactly yes in- I mean that's a collaboration strategy on Sahavi, and that's the reason I want to make it as a global platform, a collaborative platform which integrates kindness into it without a conversion into a dollar amount right so there is an exchange of kindness happening here with, which is an which has an economic impact uh, for charities and for communities directly involved uh, in this platform so uh, It it, it really depends on how this kindness currency will transform in the next 12 years, uh, by 2030. Uh, But my intention for introducing kindness as an exchange uh, within charity uh, arena will bring us back into what we, we are as humans and our necessities that bottom level. So that was my intention of introducing kindness currency. so
1: <laughs> well, and it's very important to have it because that's where, as I alluded to earlier, there's been that struggle to measure what matters. And uh, it's all about uh, it's about making things better for all of humanity. This is why nonprofits are here. We're here to make a difference and impacts in the communities and help bring people together. And that's what it's all about. And having a place and a method to come together and talk about it is is what Sahabi provides on the global scale. I'm very excited about it. So it's it's Sahabi, S-A-H-A-V-E dot org. Go there and sign up. Uh,
2: Thank you. Yeah, Dennis. Sahabi, uh, and you can also uh, uh, also contact me uh, directly at Pradeep, P R A D E E P at s a h a v e dot o r g. That is my email address. Uh, if they have any question about how to use this platform. Uh, for nonprofit organizations and also uh, for individuals. So I'm always there to. Pari,
0: but, but thank you for this information today and Russell for such a great interview. I'm going to talk about our sponsor f- for a minute and then come back to you. Do you have any um, thought that you want to leave people with? We, we've given out the website sahavi.org, and we want people to go there and join. Um, there's more to be gained by working together than trying to work in silos. And, um, I think it's primarily people don't have the experience, the knowledge or the tools to be able to move into the, the collaborative space in a substantial way. And, uh, Russell's uh, wisdom and the conversations that we've had with people is find out what other people are interested in, find out what other people want. And, um, uh, Russell, uh, I've learned a lot from you over the years we've been doing this. And uh, uh, Pradeep, I'm, I want to learn how to roll my R's. Pradeep. <laughs> it's a very good, elegant roll. And you um, you always, uh, you bring forth a, a sense of calm as you're talking, approaching the world. And you've, uh, you're all in on this venture. And Centervision is helping you launch and supporting the platform because we know it's going to, um, bring some energy to all those nonprofits that are struggling in this, this whole area of connecting communications. Our sponsor, uh, primary sponsor is the publisher of the, we're the publisher of the nonprofit performance, but the printer and and our marketing arm that really makes sure that people in our tribe know about us. And so come to center vision leadership and join the community. We have a community as well, and we're going to be doing some interface projects with Pradeep and Sahabe. But right now we have a place that you can join the community and you can get Hughes' program, the five pillars of success. These are the five things you need to be able to succeed in any organization. So you join the community for free, and you basically, I give you a $100 learning program, and then you'll discover other things that are valuable. If you go to nonprofit v, now it's nonprofit performance, nonprofitperformance.org, you can see the magazine. It's printed by wordsprint.com. Wordsprint, Bill Gilmer and his team not only do a fine job of designing, helping people with copy and printing their 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 items, um, they also help. Stay on the top of mind of the people that support you. Your donors will donate if you stay in touch. Let them know what good things are happening with their money. You have investors. Make sure every 30 days there's a touch point. So Bill's teaching is the right message to the right person and the right rhythm. 30% for each of those and 10% is the appearance. If it's too fancy, it distracts from your message. So top of mind marketing, stay in touch, build relationships. Part of that is possible through uh, Pradeep's uh, Sahavi platform. Our sponsor today is WordSprint. They, uh, they put things in people's hands. That's old-fashioned, but there's a lot of people who will see something if it comes in the mail when they absolutely miss it or never open it for an email. WordSprint.com. Quick for a free consultation and uh, talk to Bill and his, his team. Padeep, what do you want to leave people with before Russell closes out this really great interview?
2: So, I want to uh, mention about our uh, our relationship here uh, with Cinevision Leadership Foundation, right? Sahawi's relationship with Cinevision Leadership Foundation there. So, uh, we uh, we can provide some uh, uh, grants uh, through our relationship to nonprofits who are interested in uh, working with Sahavi, uh in building this platform and use this and provide some feedback to us. Uh, very nice questions, Dennis, uh, on uh, how do we make this, bridge this gap between millennials and Gen Z's, as you have heard me, I not 100%, right? There are always gaps. As you grow, you learn more gaps and then you fill in those. So I'm looking for nonprofit organizations out there who would like to work with me in building this Sahave platform. And in, in our relationship with Cinevision Leadership Foundation, to provide some grants to them, to use our platform and build it uh, to really close that gap, not completely eliminate it, but at least get that as much as closer to our millennials and Gen Zs, which is a uh, very critical need in this time. Thank
0: you for that. I wasn't clear, and I'm sorry for that. We, we are um, accepting donations uh, to support you in, in the modest cost of this. We're giving away at the front end here, we're giving away a few, a few scholarships for people to get in there and try that. So it's good for your, you and your team to be involved. So go to sahave.org and register there and then reach out to us at okay. at sahave.org um, and, and he will respond to you. So Pradeep, thank you for being a guest on the Nonprofit Exchange today. This is
2: an important uh, product you're producing. Thank you very much, Hugh. Thank you, Ras, for your time.
1: Thank you. As always, thanks to all of those folks that join us and support us regularly here on the Nonprofit Exchange. Uh, We look forward to seeing you again on some future broadcasts. Don't forget the name, sahave.org. You'll be seeing a lot more of them and a lot more of us at Center Vision Foundation. Uh, Thanks, as always. Thanks, Bill Filmer and his team for your support. Uh, Always remember, we have the nonprofit performance 360 magazine. Uh, Pradeep, uh, it wouldn't surprise me if Sandy uh, visits you and asks for an article. We usually do. We don't tell people we want both. It's kind of a double whammy. If you try to give them too much work before you get them in, they probably won't, won't stick with you. So, But it's good to have you here. It's good to have all of you folks out there that are making a difference. And go to sahabi.org. Join the Center Vision Leadership Community, because there are tools that we have together to collaborate. We can get lots more done together. And we can get lots more done if we're more interested in making that difference than getting credit for it. Merry Christmas and Happy New Year to all of you. Thank you for making 2018 a spectacular year for Cinevision. I'm looking forward to 2019 where we can go out there and make a difference in the lives of people. And as Pradeep so eloquently put it, in a way that I don't always remember and that we don't often think about. Our work is saving lives out there. So thank you. Stick with it. And we will be here in 2019.
0: Thanks, guys. Thank you. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.